Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 109, recorded July 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Grant. And in today's episode, Allegion completes acquisition of Stanley Access Technologies, Car Thieves face curbs on online sales, Kabamas X09 teardown, kidnapping and armed robbery of a locksmith, products, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post links, but you can always find full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. So first up in the news this week, Allegion completes acquisition of Stanley Black & Decker's Access Technologies business. So Allegion has completed the previously announced acquisition of Stanley Access Technologies, LLC, and assets related to the automatic entrance solutions business from Stanley Black & Decker, Inc. for $900 million in cash. Access Technologies is a manufacturer, installer, and service provider of automatic doors in North America, primarily the United States and Canada. Its customer base centers on non-residential settings, including retail, healthcare, education, commercial offices, hospitality, and government. And says Access Technologies generated approximately $340 million in net sales in 2021. Allegion had previously announced its intent to purchase Access Technologies in April of 2022. And I also mentioned that here on the podcast at the time, so that has now completely gone through. Next up is an article from The Telegraph entitled Car Thieves Face Curbs on Online Sales of Key Hacking Technology Fueling Surge in Crime. Long title. The article says that ministers and police chiefs are considering legislation to close loopholes that allow the devices to be bought online on sites including eBay and Amazon. Amid a surge in thefts, The Telegraph found firms freely selling electronic equipment to hack keyless cars, jammers to disable trackers, and modern skeleton keys to open and drive away vehicles. Interesting use of terminology there, skeleton key. They say that Kit Malthouse, the policing minister, held a summit of police and car industry chiefs last week to consider countermeasures and is understood to be open to new laws to close the loopholes. Assistant Chief Constable Jenny Sims, the National Police Chief Council's lead on vehicle crime, said she was engaged in a big piece of work with online firms to prevent sales of the devices to criminals and restrict it to legitimate businesses like garages, car dealers, and locksmiths. She's quoted as saying, We are looking at whether or not there are any legislative changes we can make, but at the same time we are working with sellers as legislation takes time. We'd rather do it voluntarily through the sellers who are cooperating. The article says that it is not illegal to sell, buy, or possess the technology, but police can arrest prospective thieves if they have the equipment with them and it can be shown to be going equipped to steal a vehicle. They also say that one company based in Bulgaria offered an off-the-shelf car relay attack unit and eBay lists dozens of key programming devices. One priced at £349 allows users to generate and copy garage remotes and recognize and copy access cards. It was listed as being fit for matching keys of more than three dozen makes of cars. 
They report that eBay says that they aim to prevent the sale of prohibited items through block filter algorithms. And on very rare occasions that such items evade their filters, their security team will remove them from the site. They're also quoted as saying, we will also take enforcement action against sellers who breach our policies, which may include suspending accounts or permanent bans. Amazon said that all products listed in the store comply with applicable laws and regulations. So first off on this, uh, as I said before, never let a good crisis go to waste. If you can use this as an excuse to pass a law banning the sale of equipment rather than uh, actually addressing the security problems with the cars, they'll do it. Also, as far as eBay, their filters don't work. There's all kinds of stuff on there that shouldn't be. And Amazon saying that all products listed in the store comply with applicable laws and regulations only if they're called out by media or somebody important because their their review system and their reporting system doesn't work. I've reported sellers for mislabeling products and all kinds of stuff and my personal reviews of the sellers just get taken down. Without any notification, Amazon just takes them down at the seller's request. So take that for what it's worth. These companies are just out there to make money. They'll sell anything to anybody and they'll tell the government whatever they need to hear. But again, I don't think the problem is one that needs to be addressed with legislation. I think the problem is that the manufacturers need to actually start focusing on security rather than getting away with saying that, oh, it's the people with the tools that are the problem. Our security is not a problem. It's the people that make the tools that are the problem. We need to ban them. We need to make that illegal. Same story, different year. Moving on to videos over on YouTube, EEV blog. Uh, Dave received a broken Kaba X09 lock in the mail from a viewer and did a teardown video of the lock. This is not a functioning lock. It looks like it was drilled at one point, uh, probably malfunctioned and had to be removed or something, but gives an interesting look at what is inside the X09 version of their lock. If you want to take a look, Dave is always entertaining to watch as he tears these down. He doesn't know much uh, when he starts about how these locks work, but he does an interesting job of tearing it down, identifying the components and how they likely work. So, so I think it was an interesting watch, and I think you probably would too. And SE Lock and Key is added again, creating another music video. This one, the video is entitled Official Music Video, State of the State of the Pin Kit. The description simply says, I warned y'all all those educational stuff videos was getting to me. So it's a music video with custom lyrics put to the music of uh, Son of a Son of a Sailor by Jimmy Buffett. Entertaining to watch, so you should go check that out. We'll run through meetups here real quick. So if you're locksmith, you can go to Aloha 2022 in Vegas, July 24th through the 30th. DEFCON 30 is taking place August 11th through the 14th. And they have a lockpicking village there. And I will have a link to that as well as the call for volunteers form in the show notes. I honestly haven't checked to see if they are still looking for for volunteers, but I'll just leave the the link in there. Uh, LockCon 2022 is August 25th through the 28th in Barlow. The ISSA LA's Summit 12 is taking place September 20th through the 22nd. And St. Con 2022 is in Provo, Utah, October 25th through the 28th. Moving on to products, I received an email from Christina Palmer. 
The email said that the Lockpick Extreme 12-piece pick set used to be another Southern Specialties 2500 series reseller set, like the Tool Tremendous 12 or Necessary 9. Lockpick Extreme quietly spent the last year acquiring a new supplier and now offer custom-made 301 high-yield stainless steel picks and 301 full hard turning tools with durable powder-coated, color-coded handles and at the same price as the old Southern Specialties picks, but with twice the strength. As a result, I have officially deprecated the Southern Specialties tool set and no longer recommend anyone purchase them. I have personally inspected the new set as well as the metal certification and can confirm that they conform to my high standards and have my seal of approval. And she added a disclaimer saying that I do not profit from pick sales. All of my lockpick consulting is free of charge. So interesting. Moving away from the southern specialties and into a custom-made, custom-designed pick set. Anyway, you can find a link to those in the show notes. And Digby Lock and Tool has announced that the Alpha is currently starting shipping. The shipments are staged so that they should arrive roughly in the same time frame in different areas of the world. Uh, If you remember, he was having a competition for the first to pick the lock. I believe the first shipments, he said, went out to Australia, followed by those will be the UK and then the US shipments, since he is here in the US and that will take the least amount of time. So keep an eye on your mailbox for your alpha lock if you ordered one. And he has also released the Bravo pre-order, a limited run of 100 serialized. The description says, here it is, the second installment in my journey into lock production, Bravo. This is an all-brass pin tumbler type lock with tight tolerances. It is intended to be proof that tighter fits can make even a standard lock with no warding harder to pick. It is also intended to be the most excellent base lock for both challenge locks and cutaways. It can be ordered in one of three biddings, easy, medium, or hard, and comes with randomized lab-made security pins stock. Each order will also come with the correct size hex wrench for the grub screws, an extra grub screw, and Digby logo sticker. And it says that he designed this lock with speed in mind and expect to ship in one to two months, depending on the number of orders. As always, deeply appreciate your support. So I will have a link to that in the show notes. And don't forget to keep an eye on your box or your porch if you ordered one of the Alpha Locks. Definitely don't want to lose that one to Porch Pirates. Moving on to Lockpickers United Belts this week, it is my honor and privilege to announce that the Mini Kraken, or Lock Kraken's four-year-old daughter, has earned her yellow belt. So congratulations, Mini Kraken, on your brand new belt. We also have a new purple belt for 4550. The username is just the number 4550. 4550. I'm not sure what the uh, significance of that is. Maybe I'm just uh, a little dumb, but anyway, congratulations on your purple belt. We also have one new red belt. Logan is on Discord, earned red this week, so congratulations for that. 
Then we have a couple of black belt announcements. The first is for the greenish one. The announcement in part read, And lo, it came to pass that in the year 2022, the greenish one did come to fruition and take upon himself a black tint. In earning his black belt, the greenish one has shown mastery of picking through defeats of the Asa Twin 6000 with Jins, the Zeiss Icon SK6 Stroopwaffle Extra Code, <laughs> the Miwa U9, and the Goal V10. Further to this, the greenish one has demonstrated the manipulation of a group to safe lock. So congratulations to the greenish one. And Mix 777 Oz also earned black belt. It was a very long announcement, so I'll just read part of it here. It says, welcome Mix 777 Oz, our latest black belt, a very well-earned achievement. Uh, to achieve this, he demonstrated safe manipulation, impressioning locks, and picked the ASA V10s and buy locks and made a challenge lock that used M-Heart pins in a Lockwood body. A very cool accomplishment, and definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. For anyone not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there are plenty of links in the show notes to the official rules, as well as some videos explaining how the process works and how the game is played. Definitely worth checking out. It is a fun system and a good way to progress through your Locksport journey. Over at Speedlocks, we have some new records. The Abus 7240 was picked by Gilligans in 1.033 seconds, and the Eva 3KS by Sayotos. Sayotos? I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. Um, in 3 minutes 58.933 seconds. And that's quite an accomplishment. The Eva 3KS is not a lock that is easy to pick by any means, and especially pick quickly. So, very well done. There was also an announcement uh, that they have a winner for the second Loco quarter, and that is Gilligan's, because that Abus 7240 that he picked in 1.033 seconds was the lock for the second Loco quarter, and that was the winning time. The announcement also said, can somebody please beat him in the third Loco quarter, which has started, and that one is using the Mako 425 or 427. And so be sure to get in on that if you think you can beat Gilligan's on a Mako. Now it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. We'll start with the Patreon subscribers. Those include Jimmy Longs, Meddler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilker, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bonds Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Recons and a Coach, Sherelle, Dr. Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Lock, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lock Picking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lock Picker, Snake. Chief content producer for this episode is I Fisk. He gets that title by sending in the most information used in this particular episode. Other content producers are Albert LaBelle, Barebones Lockpicking, Trill, Christina Palmer, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Diggs, Goose7732, Gravity Karma, Holly, Jeff Moss, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Kicks Picks, Kraken, Lock Fumbler, Locked Out, Locked Out, aka Free Diver72, Panda Frog, and Tony Verley. Thank you to all of you for your support. I really, really appreciate it. And this show is only possible because of that information and support from you, the community. So if you value the podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, whatever you have that you think the community would like to know about, send it to podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Don't forget to share the podcast with your lock picking friends. 
leave a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform you listen on allows. Subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel, whichever. And if you want to support financially, you're welcome to do so. Uh, You can do that through Patreon or PayPal. If you support the show with donation or information that I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show notes and in the show itself, just like the people you heard me mention earlier. And you all have producer credits because you are all helping to produce the show. If you are supporting me with content, you are part of the production. If you're supporting me with money, you are helping with the production. This is not a profit generating show. So um, I appreciate all the support I get. Um, Every bit of information that comes in saves me some time during the week. So I really, really appreciate it. So with that said, uh, you can also send feedback. If you would like to send feedback, just go to locksportscast.com slash contact or send it via email. That feedback can be confidential or I can share it on the show. That's your choice. If you want it to be shared on the show, just make sure that it is reasonable length, polite, work family safe, not politics and not just drama. And I Fisk shared a cool little uh, story here that was entitled The Lone Locksmith Serving 14,000 Square Miles of West Texas. This was reported by Texas Monthly, and it includes a video, but uh, I'll just read the description here. You can watch the video in the the show notes link if you want. It says, in 1986, a banker in Pampa, Texas, reluctantly made a loan to Victor Laramore, who promised to serve the area as the only locksmith, safecracker, and downright lifesaver. Every day, from far-flung corners of the Texas panhandle, he comes to the rescue dispatched from his office in Pampa. I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing that. In this video from Texas County Reporter, he explains the promise he made to his mother back in 1986 when he started his long drive. He would never charge for emergency calls that involved children and the elderly, and no matter the distance, he still stands by that pledge seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So just a good heartwarming locksmith story. So so if you want some good locksmith news, a good one to check out. Because we've got some bad locksmith news right here. This story entitled, Two Men Charged in Kidnapping and Armed Robbery of a Locksmith in Prince George's County. There were several articles on this, and they they all state pretty much the same story. Uh, Police arrested and charged two suspects for kidnapping a man and also robbing him at gunpoint. The victim was not injured in the incident. So on June 30th, 2022, at approximately 8 p.m., the victim, who is a locksmith, responded to a call for service on Silver Park Drive in Suitland. While there, he encountered the two suspects who requested assistance with a key. When the victim walked over to assist the suspects, one of the suspects pulled out a gun and demanded the victim get into his car, a red Dodge Charger. He was driven to multiple ATMs to withdraw money and was also forced to call a family member asking for cash. The family member then called 911, fearing the victim was in danger. Very well done by that family member, by the way. Officers located the suspect's car in the area of Sir Lucas Lane in Clinton. The officers attempted traffic stop on the car, but the driver fled. Officers pursued the car until the car crashed. The two suspects then ran from the car. With the assistance of an aviation unit, officers apprehended both suspects. An AK-style pistol was recovered from the vehicle, and a second gun was located by a canine in the area that the suspects bailed out of the car. 
It appears the suspect vehicle was also reported stolen, and the victim was found unharmed in the stolen vehicle. The suspects were charged with armed robbery and kidnapping, as well as gun-related charges. They are in custody at the Department of Corrections on a no-bond status. So once again, um, be very, very careful when you're going out on a locksmith call, especially a vehicle lockout. They seem to be a favorite for these people. Yeah, it's just dangerous. But this case is extra egregious when you correlate this to an article that was put out by Channel 4 in Washington. That, that article was entitled, Maryland Man Arrested in Deadly Crash, Police Pursuits, Car Thefts Released Multiple Times. And it said that most recently on June 30th, he was arrested for armed robbery and kidnapping in Suitland, Maryland, but this time he's being held without bond. So this is in relation to one of the two suspects from the previous article, one of the two that was involved in this armed robbery and kidnapping of a locksmith. And they did some digging to find his history here. And they say that somehow the suspect managed to avoid being held in jail despite the long list of arrests, most of which involved dangerous crashes, police pursuits, and stolen vehicles. This particular spree appears to have begun on March 19th when he allegedly stole a car and led police on a pursuit until he crashed into another driver who suffered minor injuries in Hyattville. He was arrested and released on bond on that case. Then, on June 6th, he was involved in a similar crime in Upper Marlboro. Authorities said he was fleeing police in a stolen Dodge when he hit another driver, Johnny Morris, head-on. Morris, age 66, of Charles County, died of his injuries. The suspect was arrested at the scene and later released. He has not been charged due to what prosecutors describe as complex legal nature of such cases. So he could be charged and bonded out on the one that just caused somebody injury, but he can't be charged and held with a bond on a death-related chase? Anyway, then on June 16th, court documents state that he led another police pursuit in D.C., during which time he swiped a cruiser on 14th Street before crashing a stolen Dodge Challenger into a UPS truck. He was later released on his own personal recognizance. On June 21st, he was arrested on a warrant for outstanding car thefts and released again pending trial. And then, most recently, was the June 30th incident where he was arrested for armed robbery, kidnapping, and being held without bail. The victim of the kidnapping says he is outraged that it took this long to keep the man behind bars. Quote, why do they have to see them do it two, three more times before you finally lock them up? Yeah. Um, with it's one thing if there's one incident and they're released on bond and that's it. Um, but with this many piling up, why, why was the prosecutor and the judge not doing their job? If you have this type of history piling up, the prosecutor, the police and the prosecutor should be actually doing their job and finding these charges against them and then using them to convince the judge that you can't just release him on his own personal recognizance. I mean, he was bonded out the first time, but then after two cases of running from police, one injuring somebody else, one killing somebody else, he was then arrested for the same thing again, where nobody happened to get hurt, and just released on his own personal recognizance. Isn't this some sort of bond violation? Anyway, the system is obviously very broken. 
Moving on to sales. Uh, South Ord annual July sale, July 1st through the 24th, 25% discount on all products. Use the code PATRIOT22. Over at Bare Bones Lock Baking, you can use the code HVLogic10 on anything but Law Lock Tools products. And that expires at the end of this month. If you happen to shop at uh, lockpickmall.com, you have a choice of three codes. One from Dark Arts Lockpicking called Dark VIP. One from Albert LaBelle with the code Albert. And one from Joe Picks with the code Joe Picks. At 3dlocksport.com, you can save 10% with the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. UKLockpickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIP. And moving on to giveaways, we have a new one here. The LockFumbler100. LockFumbler is holding his first giveaway to celebrate 100 subscribers. The description says that he's deeply grateful that his channel has reached 100 subscribers. To celebrate this, I want to host a giveaway. The rules on how to enter. One, you can comment with the hashtag LockFumbler on this video. Two, comment with hashtag LockFumbler, plus leave a short tip that that has helped you in your lockpicking journey and that you want to share with the community. Or three, post a video picking a lock with hashtag LockFumbler100 in the title and talk about or show a tip that has helped you with lockpicking. You can do all of the above until January 22nd and... Each different entry method gives a different number of entries. So if you just comment with the hashtag LockFumbler, that will give you one entry into the giveaway. If you do the comment with the tip, that will give you two entries. And if you do the video version, since that takes extra effort, he says he will grant you four entries. And he does note that if you live outside of Europe, he would be happy if you could split the shipping costs. It is a it is expensive to ship internationally. So we also have the hashtag kickpicks 100 giveaway running until the end of July. Be sure to check that one out for your chance to win one of kickpicks beautiful custom made picks. Definitely worth entering that one. And you still have a few days left on the hashtag freediver72 giveaway 100 is 100 sub appreciation giveaway. Those entries are due by July 15th, so be sure to get in on that one if you haven't already. And just a reminder, there's always the hashtag LockBoss giveaway by CLK Supplies. Thank you for your support. I know this was a bit of a shorter show, but I really appreciate all the news and information sent in by all of you and all the Patreons and just everybody who listens every week and the comments I get on YouTube. I know I'm horrible about replying to comments on YouTube, but if just realize if I put a little heart next to your comment on YouTube, I have read it. I appreciate it. And um, thanks and keep it legal. <laughs>